Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening, good evening. I am Lisa Harwell, Jones Harwell, your host of Journeys with Jones Harwell. And as promised, this evening, Dave Ward Sr. is returning to the show. And our show tonight, I'm going to let him have the floor and just follow his lead. We are going to talk about safety. Safety in the workplace, safety in your home. It's now spring forward. Everybody has uh, got their clocks to daylight savings time, spring forward. And normally now with spring, we're out and about because we've been in the house hold up during the winter months. So we're going to talk about safety. So welcome back, Dave. Thank you very much. Tell us a little bit about yourself for those that didn't catch you on the first time that you were on the show. And then let's get right to talking about safety. Sounds great. Uh, First of all, I'm a six-year veteran of the United States Air Force, security police. Thank you. I also spent 23 years with the Department of Justice Federal Bureau of Prisons as a national safety examiner, went through all the federal prisons throughout the United States and examined their health care, their food service, their Unicor factories, making sure that they met the uh, appropriate standards. And then I left the Bureau of Prisons and uh, became a federal investigator for OSHA. Spent four years with OSHA and the Calumet City Regional Office there. And then I left there and started my own safety consulting business, uh, Safety by Design Consulting Services. Did that for seven years. I also worked for a company, uh, Panduit, in uh, Mokina, Illinois, for a short period of time. And then I joined with Century Insurance as their senior safety consultant. And I take care of Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, and uh, any other state that they want me to go into. Great. So for those folks that are, are saying, okay, she's saying safety and he's talking about safety. Why is safety? It's particularly uh, in the workplace. Let's start with the workplace. So important. Well, I mean, you know, listen, people go to work every day and they operate equipment that could take their life in a, in a brief second. So you have to you have to have a habit of safety. Safety is a habit. If you're not safe at home, you can't switch it on when you come to work. So you have to look at both sides there. But it's extremely important in the workplace because you know in the workplace, most manufacturing companies, most companies that produce, mm-hmm. their main concern is getting the production out. Correct. So Correct. where does safety? Yes. Yeah, so where does safety fall? Normally, it falls behind production. It falls behind quality. Uh, It's third or fourth on the list. Sometimes it's not even a core value of the company. Uh, A lot of lip service, you know, but are we really protecting our employees? Are we giving the employees the appropriate safety protection needed? Are they getting the appropriate PPE? And as we've seen in this national disaster with COVID, you know, we can't even give our medical staff the appropriate PPE that's required. So what do you think we're doing in the manufacturing companies? Mm. Mm. Good know, there question. has to be a shortfall there. Something to make you go, hmm, you know, if we're not protecting those who are on the front lines in the medical centers, so are, are we really given the appropriate PPE for those who may be doing welding, those who are operating 
power presses, those who are, you know, stamping and things of this nature. So it, it really kind of says, hey, what are we doing? Are we protecting our employees? Are we doing the right thing by our employees? They come to work every day. And if it wasn't for your employees, how successful would your business actually be? Right, right. And that that's that's a good topic. And I know particularly right now, um, as you know, most of our white collar uh, industry personnel are working from home and teleworking. So we're, we're going to pivot and we're going to talk about them in a, in a moment when we talk about safety in the house, because that also, you know, goes to the business well, too. Um, but let's let's target and let's continue to talk about those those industries that still require uh, individuals to come to work uh, daily uh, because hey we need people in the grocery stores we need people in the Absolutely. urgent cares we need people in the fire department the police department uh, in the courts uh, you know in uh, our main processing Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. So what would you, um, what does it look like on a typical, uh, because I know OSHA is responsible for making sure that they put out the policies for safety within uh, each industry. So what would a typical walkthrough look at, for example, if, if a safety specialist was going going through doing, uh, I don't think audit is the word that I want to use, but an inspection. Okay. Well, you know, it, uh, most people use checklists when they go through. Uh, most people look at the block fire extinguishers, the block exits and things of this nature. I actually look at finding the exits in some of the manufacturing companies. Uh, you can stand in the middle of the factory and if you can't see the exits, then you should put some additional exit arrow signs up because that's tremendously important. Because if there was an emergency, where would your staff go? Where would the contractors go? Do they know how to get out? So emergency action planning is an is first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And hopefully everybody's developed those plans from in climate weather to bomb threats to um, you know, uh, violence in the workplace. Now you have to consider that. So, you know, there, there's so many things, but if you don't practice them, then what good exactly. are they? Exactly. And what would you recommend that uh, they do? Uh, is it a quarterly uh, participation or co-op uh, procedure that they have to go through or uh, training that they have to go through? Or is is it like a monthly or quarterly? Or how, how does most organizations do that? Because it seems to be that some develop one standard of plans. Okay, we're just going to do this quarterly. And then some just, oh, I forgot, maybe we need to do this yearly. You know, but should there be a quarterly or should there be maybe every other month or maybe every five weeks or what would you well, it's just kind of like, it's just kind of like the NCAA tournament right now. <laughs> how you practice is how you play. <laughs> And if you don't practice, you're definitely not going to play very well. And with I COVID being, that. yeah, and with COVID being right around the corner, you know, there was teams that were unable to practice, you know, and short practices and things of this nature. So, you know, when you go to the court, how do you expect to really be efficient? How mm. do you expect to really understand their roles 
if they don't practice. And in corporations today, it's just like we were talking here just a few minutes ago about production and quality. You know, mm -hmm. that's important. We got to get this product out that because that's how businesses make their money. However, mm -hmm. however, if we don't take the time mm -hmm. to do the simple things, it's getting back to the basics. It's kind of like a baseball team will tell you. We have to get back to the basics. Right. Got to be able to, you know, catch a ground ball, fill the ground ball, throw it over the first before you start making terrific plays in the infield, double plays you know, triple plays, whatever the case may be. You mm -hmm. have to be able to do this, the basics soundly. And yet mm. it takes time. So yes, the question does. is, yeah. So the question is, is are we able to get the employees off the floor to do the training? Are we able to stop the processes long enough to actually run a good fire drill? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do I we even have, go ahead. Yeah, and I know the last time that you talked, and most people may not know this, uh, most organizations, large firms, I think, probably know this. But, you know, for, for smaller firms, they may not know this, um, is that they should always have a safety specialist that you mentioned. And it was quite interesting. I think the other day, um, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, and I got something from the state of Maryland that said I had to put up the tag safety, you know, um, tag. And I'm thinking I'm a company of one and where am I going to put it <laughs> in my house? Because I don't have people to come to my house, but just right. think if you did have a, a shop, even if you were a one person shop, you still have to have those safety precautions posted where individuals can see them when they come into your, your place of business. Well, it's not only that. Listen, if you're an entrepreneur and you have a business, I had a gentleman come to my opening and he we were on the radio doing a radio broadcast as we opened up our business. And he goes, listen, I'd like to talk to you. He goes, I'm a one man shop. And I said, I don't care if you're a one man shop or a hundred man shop. You're just as important as that hundred person shop. And his concern was, well, how do I protect this one person? I said, that's still a human being. If you're right. employing them, you still have to do the right thing. Right. And, right. and the right thing is making sure that one, they understand your expectations. Then you got to hold them accountable. Then you have to do the appropriate training, mm -hmm. you know, and, and as a contractor, there are a lot of things you have to train on. You, you know, you have to look at chemicals, you training on the chemicals. You got to look at fall protection, ladder safety, uh, PPE things of this nature. So when you're doing all that, you make sure that you read the standard, understand the standards, and what's a requirement that you have to meet. Now, mm -hmm. some people go out and turn around and do these manuals, like from J.J. Keller and other places, and that's great. However, if you don't ever read it and you're just filling in the blanks, mm -hmm. that manual has no value. And how and can I you hold your... Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also has to be applicable to that business because, you Very know, true. you may run, write for someone else may not apply to your direct business. Is that that true? That, that's, that's true to a certain extent. Exactly. But if you don't, the, again, it's kind of like trying to hold somebody accountable for something they don't know. And mm -hmm. how many companies really go out and read their safety manuals or have their employees trained on their safety manuals. Mm -hmm. Because then if they don't know, how can you hold them accountable for right. safety? 
Right, right. And that's sad. You know, I mean, that just sends up a red flag, you mm -hmm. know, because safety shouldn't be a core value. It shouldn't be a priority because, as we know, we we do what every day with priorities. They're num they should be number one. <laughs> well, we change. We ch priorities change are changed right. every day. It's yes, right. But a core value it should be a value that's never changed. You know, True. you should have a, you know, your value of your employees' lives should be paramount. And you shouldn't have to put signs up all over the place to tell everybody that safety is number one. And that's another thing you, we kind of do with companies. You know, yeah. companies put all these signs up. But if you put all these signs up, who's really paying attention to it? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you know that just made a thought pop into my head, too, as well. Something I don't think that we think of um, either uh, is when you're let's say let's say that you're um, going to host an event and uh, you're looking at venues that you're going to use. I don't even think some of us think to ask those questions either. What happens in the case of emergency? How do, you know, do we know to look for where the, the exit signs are and where things are? So if something happens, you know, you can get your guest or get the participants out, you know, in a, in a timely fashion, in a timely manner. So it doesn't matter if it's, you know, business, personal, fun, you know, all of these things, all of these entities have to have, you know, some type of safety plan in place that they practice, as you said, on, on a regular basis. Well, just like in the summertime, look how many concert venues there are. And look what's happened recently when there's been some severe weather mm -hmm. and pe we've had people killed. Why? Because we didn't have any emergency action plans in place. Emergency action plans are paramount. Um, you know, especially in, in today's society, it, it, we look at the weather changes, just for instance, look what happened in Texas. Yes. I mean, you know, yes. so are we tremendous yeah. storm? Are we prepared? Do we have water? Do we have blankets? Do we have plastic bags? Do we have ice? Do we have food that could last six or seven days in case of a disaster that hits? Mm -hmm. And if we don't, then how are we really protecting our employees? Right. If right. our employees don't know where that stuff is at or located, then again, we're, how you practice is how you play. And it's just like, a, you know, utility shutoffs. I go mm -hmm. into companies now and and we talk about that it's great that the the maintenance people know where the utility shutoffs are but how about if the maintenance people aren't there that day or how about if they're cut off does anyone else know how to turn off the water does anyone else know how to turn off the gas does anyone else know how to turn off the electricity or how to shelter in place right right and, right so we have a lot of trucking companies. We have a lot of highways. There's a lot of things on the highway that could happen. Mm -hmm. If that cloud comes and moves over to your facility, how do you inform your people? How do you communicate that there's a disaster? Or how do you communicate that we have an active shooter on our premises? You know, and again, it's all about pre-planning, taking pre the time necessary. Mm -hmm. Yes taking the time necessary to do the right thing to protect our employees. And, I, and I that like goes this. for all shifts. 
Yes, yes. And I and I like this because, um, you know, if people think to tie this in, like they tie in, change your batteries in your fire detectors, in your, uh, your smoke alarms, and your CO2 detectors, like we do every spring and every fall, there should be some mechanic that it becomes second nature to us that we don't have to think about it. Go over your safety plan. So go over your safety plan at work, go over your safety plan at home. You know, um, it reminds me, you know, like the airlines, that's the first thing the airlines tells you is when you get on a flight, where all the exits are. When you go into a movie theater, the first thing they tell you before the movie rolls the first scene, you know, is where the exits are. And it's normally funny because we're always doing, you know, mocking the airline, you know, steward or stewardess that, you know, to the, to the forward, backwards, to, right. to the left, right, you know, but, you know, it should be the same, you know, at home where, you know, uh, because a lot of people don't think about it, you know, you buy a, a, a fire extinguisher, but it lasts, what's the, what's the life on a service uh, fire extinguisher? How Again, often it all depends on what type, yeah. It all depends on what type of fire extinguisher you have. Actually, do you even know how to use a fire extinguisher? You know, it is the premise there. Or most companies now say, hey, listen, we don't want you to use a fire extinguisher unless you feel comfortable. But the most important thing is get out. And I, I agree with that because, you know, a fire extinguisher is like a sprinkler system. You never know it's going to work until when. Until it works, till there's a fire. Uh, until you have that emergency. Right. And then it might be too late because too fire late. extinguishers leak, mm. you know, and if they're not checked on a monthly basis, you know, now we're exposing our employees to maybe go rush to get that fire extinguisher and that fire extinguisher may not even have anything in it. Why? Because it's leaked, mm. you know, or if you're using ABC or D fire extinguishers, you know, do you have water? Do you understand that you shouldn't put water on gasoline? Do you understand that you shouldn't right. put water on electricity? So right. do you have those types of fire extinguishers? Mm -hmm. So there's, a, you know, the simplest, the basic things are mm -hmm. extremely important. It's just like working with chemicals, right. bringing chemicals in to work. Wow. You know, are we, the reason why they tell you to read the safety data sheet, not only so you understand the hazards, but you might be allergic to it to one of the the chemicals or ingredients within that product right but and you would never it, know if right. you didn't read it right right exactly. right exactly yeah exactly. we had a uh, i live in an hoa and we had a community meeting back uh the early part of february and one of the interesting questions came up and i'm not sure which uh homeowner mentioned it but they were like when's the last time that the fire department came by and checked the water hydrants the fire hydrants in the neighborhood, how yes. often do they get flushed? You know, right. so again, another safety, you know, concern. Well, you know, we have sprinkler systems throughout, you know, most manufacturing companies, but here's a good thought process too. And I'm glad you brought that up because there's a, a plant in Michigan that changed their process. And what they had is the water sprinkler systems, but they were using magnesium and the magnesium caught on fire. So oh when that gosh. water hit the magnesium, it blew the roof off. And just made it 10 times worse. Right, exactly. So 
you have to understand what you have in, in your facilities. And then if you change the process, you should get with the local fire department. Is this applicable to what we're doing now? Are these fire extinguishers is a, are applicable? And again, in the same instance, we had a fire department go out to a facility and it's always good to have them because one, it builds a great relationship. Yes. Two, they have a better understanding of really what's going on in your facility. And three, as you pointed out, the fire department connections. Mm-hmm. Are they really applicable? Do they do they match what the fire department has? And there was a there was one facility that had to go in and buy all new adapters because they found out that they didn't have the appropriate threads or wow. the appropriate equipment. So it does happen. And I would strongly urge and suggest that if you are a company, no matter what size company you are, get the fire department out. Let them walk around with you. They can identify things that and hazards that you may not even be aware of. Mm, that's a good. That's a good rule of thumb because as technology continues to change, you know we never know. Like you just said, things that need to be updated, upgraded. So it, it would be a good practice to do that at least once a year. At least once a year. Plus, it's just like having a mass drill exercise where there's injuries mm-hmm. because you want that medical. You want those ambulance people to have a good understanding of what's going on in your facility so they can be prepared when they respond because they're mm-hmm. going to ask the fire department's going to say, Hey, we need to see your SDSs, your safety mm-hmm. data sheets. Mm-hmm. We want to know what we're getting involved with same way mm-hmm. with the medical staff. And you know, you might have gates that mm-hmm. are locked to where the fire department or the ambulance service can't get in. If you don't have a safety professional, that's actually directing these operations, then you might have other problems, you know, right. I mean, because, you know, we have a lot of companies now trying to cut costs. So what mm-hmm. do they do? They either have a plant manager, a human resource person, an accounting person trying to run, you know, have multiple hats and run mm-hmm. safety. But my question to you would be, I mean, to them even would be, would you let a uh, sanitation engineer manage your accounting department? No, <laughs> I don't think so. So why Unless would you let somebody? Accounting, but, but why would he be working <laughs> sanitation then at that point? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, but you see this all the time and we're, mm-hmm. we're looking to cut costs. But my question to companies today would be, can you put a price tag on an employee's mm-hmm. life? Because that plant manager has a mindset of doing one thing and that's production. That HR person is tied up in administrative holds every day. They're probably not getting out of the office to walk the floor to see what's going on in the first place. And then if you have a multitude of shifts, now you're having people that are exposed to many different hazards without anybody watching over them. And that's, you know, what does that say about your company? It's kind of like new employee training. Right. Right. It's like new employee training. You know, we hire people all the time. And what do we do? We we put them in a room. We show them videos. And we have them sign 100 sheets of paper. Why? Because we want to get them out on the floor. That's what we're paying them for. Exactly, right. But do we give them the appropriate training? Right. Do we give them the appropriate training necessary to have, 
you know, a good understanding of the hazards within their workplace? Probably not. And what does new employee training say about your company? If you just rush somebody out on the floor, what do you think that employee thinks? Wow. They really just, I'm just another body. I'm a warm body collecting a paycheck. That's it. That's it. That's it. So, so let's pivot for a moment. So let's pivot from uh, in the workplace and let's talk about, um, I'm wondering, and this is probably not happening uh, right now while, while people are, are, at home, I'm sure, you know, the redesign of the office, of course, has taken place in a lot of places because now you have to design it now for uh, safety, more safety of six feet apart. But do you think that anybody is thinking to still do some type of safety drill, uh, even while people are teleworking, to still get them in the mindset of um, you need to exit your house, you know, What's the safe way that you would exit your house and then still call in? Uh, I don't think any of that is going on. But for a lot of us now that are working at home, how many of us have now really thought about having that practice plan in place? Of Well, now that we're all working ex- from home. Yeah, we're all working from home. Now we're bringing all this equipment to our homes. Now we've created a possibility where, well, one, ergonomically, are we even really doing right by the employee? Is the computer right? Is the chair right? Is the desk right? Uh, You know, are we doing more harm than good? It's just like Mm -hmm. people who work on the road and they go into the hotels. Ergonomically, you know, we're expecting our employees to do work at night. Right. Are they really ergonomically correct? So, you know, it's just like being in a car. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have a lot of people who drive for work uh, mm-hmm. many, many miles. And are they ergonomically positioned in their car? And if not, we're just destroying that person's body. But you're yes. right. You know, at home, what are we doing at home? I mean, fires happen at home. Slips, mm-hmm. trips, and falls happen at home, just like they do at work. Housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Do we pay attention to the housekeeping at home? And and I'm not talking about the dust or anything of that nature. I'm just talking about, you know, the cords again, the chairs and things of this nature. Mm -hmm. You're going up and down stairs to where you probably wouldn't do it as much if you were at work. So the potential Mm -hmm. of slip trips and falls at the home have increased. But when we talk about fires, my goodness, you know, just think if you're a family and you have kids at home and you have a fire, uh, and you haven't done a fire drill, what an exposure. What it, What yeah. are you thinking about? What are you going to say when you do have a fire and that child wasn't able to get out? Mm-hmm. Because mm. normally they're always going the opposite direction than, uh, yeah. <laughs> than going out. out. <laughs> right. Or you turn around and you live on a second floor has anybody thought about going out and buying the ladders that go off to exactly. where kids can open up the window, throw out the ladder, mm-hmm. and they could go down and go to safety? Have mm-hmm. you actually, like you said earlier, have you checked your fire alarm system? Have you checked the batteries? Have you tested your smoke detectors? And mm-hmm. now I'm just learning, and I've been in this profession for a long time, and everybody says, well, buy the multi 
units, you know, to where you have the CO2 detector as well as the uh, smoke detector. Mm -hmm. Well, the, and it's 10 years, but actually, if you really read the information on that, it says that the CO2 detector is probably only good for five years. And so I think it's the last time we bought our, our, our home, because we've been here for a couple of years now, it was recommended to us that they be separate. So, yes. and then we had to make sure that we had one in each. So every bedroom, you know, smoke alarm, you know, and, and the CO at least two on the floor, you know, uh, and I think they even tell you two is based on square footage. Is that well, correct? Well, you definitely want to, I don't know if it's just the square footage, but you definitely want to have one where there's a potential of leakage and that's in your basement for sure. Mm -hmm. And then you want to have one up on each, on each level of floor, right? As well right. as your smoke detector, like you said, outside each one of the rooms. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's tremendously important. But again, if we never test them and we never practice and you can't just practice during the day because you're probably not going to have that issue during the day. You know, you're not going to have that fire issue or that incident happen. But, you know, you should practice at different times during the day, during the evening and really early in the morning. So your kids and your family members know what to do. Are they going right. to crawl out? Do they know how to unlock the doors? Because mm -hmm. in a state of emergency, what happens? You panic. Right. You know, the right. simplest task right. becomes monumental then. Right. And then if you're not used to the sound, you know, and you're coming yes. up out of your sleep, you know. Right. Yeah, I was just at a hotel, actually, and got into the hotel. And at 1.30 in the morning, they had the alarms going off. And it's amazing that people just people came outside the door. How many people just went back to bed? That's, yes. <laughs> I have people open up the door and step out. But they never oh, came goodness. downstairs. They never exited the, you know, and people were congregating, but nobody knew what to do. The, mm. the young lady, the attendant, uh, she wasn't properly trained. She didn't know what to do, but it happens. You know, we have young people the first time at work and things mm -hmm. of this nature. Mm -hmm. So, again, it goes back to training. Mm -hmm. Are we appropriately training our people? Because right. those lives, I mean, you know, you, when you're talking about a hotel, you're talking mm -hmm. about infants, family members. You're talking about people who may be handicapped. Right. So uh, how are you making sure that those people are being properly protected? How so are you it, ensuring? Yeah. So I was, just, I was just, I would be curious in that case, if the fire department did actually come out and respond and they didn't see a crowd in the parking lot that's, you know, would they find them? Well, I think it would all depend on the individual jurisdictions for the either the state or the county. Uh, you know, I think it would definitely be something that the fire department would would say to the company, hey, listen, don't you understand that it's your responsibility to make sure that we notify all the occupants of this building to get out? Mm -hmm. You know, because fire runs rapidly. Mm -hmm. and, and if people don't know what to do in a fire situation, it just could, you know, it's just going to grow quicker and quicker and quicker mm -hmm. and more lives we're going to lose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's just kind of like in manufacturing companies, you know, 
who has the authority to call the local fire department when there is a fire, when we spot a fire? Or do we have to go through 10 different people to say it's okay to call the fire department out and it's been 15 minutes? So how far do you think that fire is gone in 15 minutes? The spread of that fire is just increased by tenfold. Mm, 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 mm. So the quicker the response, the quicker the notification, the more positive the results will be. My goodness. I have not realized that we have talked, we have just been talking, talking, talking. I think, Dave, we've been on here an hour. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> this has been great. This has been wonderful. I'm so glad you came back. And I, I think I'm going to put you a uh, regular on the books for in the spring and in the fall, as long as I have this platform to still, uh, because the, the knowledge that you bring and, you know, maybe the next time we have, we could have, you know, different conversations and maybe, you know, you can make some recommendations, but what I'm going to do now is I'm going to ask you for your contact information. If anyone else has any questions, uh, whether it's to their personal home, how they should do safety, or if they need uh, a business, you know, consultant to get them on track to having safety specialists within their organization. I know that you said you manage in the Indiana, Michigan area, but your knowledge is applicable no matter whether it's in Indiana, Alaska, Missouri, Florida, you know. Yes, if there's anything I can do. Right. If there's anything I can do to help anyone that's listening to this this uh, message this evening, please contact me at 219-669-9043. And I will be able to help you in any way I can. Uh, if nothing more, I will lead you in the right direction to get the appropriate information. If you have questions in regards to any of the OSHA standards, please feel free to reach out. And I, you know, I have a number of uh, people in my back pocket. If I don't know the answer that I can get you the answers. So it's uh, all about making sure that we save the lives of each and every one of our employees and stop as many injuries as we can, because it affects every family. Yes, it does. It does. It does. As always, Dave, it has been wonderful talking with you this evening. I always enjoy the conversation that we have. You always enlighten me on something new because this is, a, you know, second one we've had. But, you know, as we're talking, I'm still steadily thinking of new things to think, you know, because you, you, you don't. You just think of those general, right. okay, I'm at work and I'm at home. Okay. But then we don't think when we're in the car, when we're, you know, at a social event, you know, gathering, whether, you know, we've planned it or whether we're going in attendance to a show or a concert, you know, or a ball game, uh, just how important safety is 24-7. It's just not an 8 to 5. It is a 24-7. It's like CPR. CPR for your company, CPR for your home. We touch a thousand people's lives every day. And how many people really know CPR? How many lives do you think we could save if everybody would just take the time to get trained? How many infants' lives could we save? Mm. You know, 
We, we have an, old, an elderly community. We're getting older every day and uh, things happen and it only takes a second for somebody to have a heart attack or to pass out or to get hurt. Do you know how to respond? So if you're listening to me tonight, make sure you get trained in CPR. It's a life-saving, it's a life-changing event. Uh, and if you don't have AEDs at your company, please get them because they will save someone's life. And for and someone not a that's price not, tag in the world. Right. If someone's not familiar with what that acronym stands for, can you let us know what that acronym yeah. stands for? It's automated external defibrillator. Okay. Okay. And if you're a large company, you should have several of them. Uh, if you're a small company, you should at least have one. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, strategically placed and they normally placed i know in uh the the last government agency i worked in they were placed at every elevator so you could find one at every elevator every elevator okay. think they always they had an aed there mm -hmm. and then that's you know again it all depends on what kind of facility you have if it's an administrative facility you may want to put them on the outside of you know where the elevators are However, if it's a manufacturing facility, again, how long is it going to take you to get from one part to the next part? Uh, and if it's more than three minutes, you should definitely have an AED within that, that thing. It, the oh, okay. Time is of the essence. It's just like CPR. Time is of the essence. And if you don't want to breathe, then just do that compressions. Compressions will save a life. I've been there. I've done that. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. As always, the one thing that we didn't talk about again, so I've got to have you on again, but let's rest, wrap up. Um, how are you going with your book? Are you finished with it? I'm finished with the book. Hopefully you can take it from here and we can, uh, yeah, we can move on. And I'm, I sent it out to a couple other people to read, to get a forward on it. And as soon as I get those forwards, I would love to work with you and get this thing published oh, because I think it could uh, make a tremendous impact for every company. Yes, yes, indeed. And I look forward to helping in any way, shape and form that I can, because it, like I said, it is not an eight to five. Safety is a 24 seven because yes. it only yes. takes one second to change the dynamics of somebody's life if you're not prepared. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well put. Well put. Well put. Well, thank you very much. And I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate it. This is going to conclude our segment of Unapologetic on Journeys with Jones Harwell. Stay tuned. I'm going to take a hiatus for a week. I probably will do be doing something live uh, next weekend from New York City. Not promising, but I might uh, with one of my special guests that was early on, uh, Elle Chanel uh, and her platform from Holy 
from the hood to holy. So that will probably be next Sunday. I'll do a brief pop in. Um, on March 31st, we're going to talk to Gerald Moore and his platform of teaching young black men about technology. He's got a fantastic platform. So if you can reach us, uh, come on and spend some time with us on March the 31st for that. But as far as for now, this evening, as I mentioned to Dave earlier, I have some Peruvian chicken. My stomach is ready for it, so I'm <laughs> going to eat. <laughs> Everybody enjoy the rest of Absolutely. your Sunday evening. Thank you again, Dave, for gracing us on the show, and you all have a good night. Good night. Thank you again.